there was a book that I was reading this past break, and the author was talking about how there was a time in his life where he had a really bad accident with his legs, where he went to the hospital and the doctor was like, you may never walk again normally. And this was crushing for him because he had had this, you know, dream to be active all the time. You know, he was a very active person who loved going hiking, running, biking, all those things. And when he got home and he had all these bandages on his legs and he was sitting there in the wheelchair, his mom came into the kitchen with him, put the little brakes on the wheelchair and stood on one side of the counter and said, all right, you're going to walk today. Welcome to Proven, a Weimar Academy podcast. In this episode, we look at spending time with God, and our guest is none other than Joey Shu, a senior here at Weimar Academy. Early morning time with God. So what does it look like to you? I think that time in the morning is really where the Christian is formed. Because it's in that time where it's just you and God. There's no one else. There's no one observing. There's no one watching. There's no one judging. There's no one to look good in front of. Because when we have corporate worship services like church or Sabbath school, it's more for the corporate benefit of everyone and it's a mm-hmm. it is a public I don't want to say that it's a like a facade mm-hmm. but it isn't going to have the same genuine and personal experience that you're going to have when it's just you and God mm. yeah yeah I really like that what you're saying Joey because at least for me personally when you spend that time with God and him alone that's when God directly talks to you like, you know, you're saying in big worship services with lots of people in sermon stuff, um, God still speaks to you, but I think it's on a different level when it's just you and him. So would you say that morning time with God means devotions to you? Like the time where you are reading the Bible, I think that, because I know for myself, um, morning time with God was, you know, when I grew up, it was, okay, now is the time to read your Bible where it was, okay, wake up and you open your Bible and you're going to do this and you're going to read this this day and this the next day. And though it has its benefits, I think that sometimes just the word devotions can have that connotation of just going through and having this methodical mm-hmm. thing where you have this plan and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like a to-do list type yeah, of thing. Yeah, Something to check off your list. Right. I think it's a matter of semantics. Like if you want to call it devotions Mm -hmm. or if you want to call it whatever you want, it doesn't really matter to me. I personally call it devotions, but I think you bring out a point in which it has a connotation, especially I would say in Adventist culture or in conservative Christianity where you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily bad to have that. You're supposed to do it. But I get what you're saying. It's this expected almost. Mm-hmm. When when we are, when something is, is formed as something like we have to do, it becomes less of something that we like doing and it feels like a chore. 
So mm-hmm. I think it's important, like you were saying, Joey, that when you do have devotions or when you do spend that time with God, that it's not something that you have to do because it'll just feel mm-hmm. like, oh, got to go read my Bible instead of, oh, I get to read my Bible. This is me and God, you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of funny. It's probably something with just our generation, but it's the feeling where, you know, when you're just doing something, for example, when you just go to wash the dishes for your family, in a sense, you almost had that enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And then when someone's like, oh, go wash the dishes, you're like, it's a chore now. You know, everything it has changes. that feeling. Yeah, everything changes when you're told to do something in our brains as teenagers. We have this feeling of like, oh, I have to do this. But then we could very well do that very same thing by ourselves on our own will. And it becomes something we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know, habit and consistency, that's definitely important if you want to maintain the Mm -hmm. spiritual vitality, but it really has to be organic. You know, just as, you know, in the Steps to Christ, Ellen White says, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as a friend. And if you think about it, the way that we talk to our friends isn't really the same way that we talk to God because we just kind of tell him, oh, thanks for this, and Mm -hmm. I want this, and great, okay, now help me as I read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And something off of what you were saying, Joey, how when we talk to God, we don't talk to him as we would a friend, and I think that's because we don't know him as a friend quite yet. Hmm. I get what you mean, though, Joey, about the idea of how we don't talk to God as a friend. I mean, I wouldn't sit there talking with you and be like, oh, hey, Joey, uh, thanks for, you know, helping me do physics homework. And thank you for, you know, helping me last year with chemistry homework. And thank you for, uh, you know, walking with me today. And oh, thank you for this. I mean, that may seem really strange. Like, I'm sure there has been someone who they are really excited to thank you. And they just keep (laughs) thanking you and thanking you. But And that gets kind of annoying, actually. (laughs) Yes, but on the flip side, if I just kept asking for something... That'd be so weird and really, really annoying. But there's a balance where in a friendship, you want to be able to give some. Mm-hmm. But you also want to be able to have this mutual, you know, give and take in a sense. I think that's the aspect of our morning time with God that sometimes we neglect. We neglect the idea of having a two-way conversation. And you know, that reminds me remember the week of prayer speaker that came that one week and he told us to go out into the woods like around Mm. the academy Mm -hmm. and for us to talk to God for an hour but we weren't supposed to ask for anything and we weren't supposed to thank him for anything we were just supposed to talk to them and it was really crazy that at first it was hard because we're so accustomed to like how Lucas you were saying like oh thank you for this or can I get a new dog or Mm -hmm. I prayed that a lot but anyway (laughs) It was just, it was really weird because it was kind of like, wow, I don't know how to talk to God without thanking mm. or asking him. Right, because that brings out the idea that communication is supposed to be dynamic mm-hmm. and organic. When you have a conversation, you don't sit down and be like, okay, today we are going to talk about this. That's just weird. You just yeah. say, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And then you your friend will say something about what happened recently and you'll be like, oh yeah, and then you just kind of go on from there. And, you know, this applies not just to prayer when we're talking to God, but also when we listen to God, especially with the material or whatever you're reading. It doesn't have to be, like we said, regimented. You don't have to 
necessarily follow a checklist. It's good to have habit and consistency, but you want to let it flow. Mm-hmm. And some days you may just want to do something different. Like for me, I normally read a chapter in the Bible just going through in cantonical order. But some days I just decide to read a little bit from Steps to Christ instead. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll just go outside and just pray maybe different types of styles. And like one time I challenged myself, hey, can I just um, see what I can be thankful for and not ask for anything? And Mm. I'm not saying that you should always do that because, you know, that would become redundant, but to just have variety and to not feel that, oh, I need to do it this specific way because this is the way I'm supposed to do it because then that just becomes, becomes a chore. When it's allowed to flow and just come naturally that's when you have meaningful time with god Mm. something i really liked that you brought out was the fact that it's dynamic and i know that you were saying earlier when we were talking about how you like going walking and stuff like that and it is very much a christian cliche to say we must walk with god you know it's, we hear this almost in every other sermon you feel like, where we must have our walk with God must be strong. But I think it has a lot of validity. You know, walking doesn't require you to think, oh, I need to stay awake. But, you know, when I'm kneeling down on my bed or I'm sitting in bed trying to read the Bible, there's so many times where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna and then I'm gone, you know. Guilty. Oh, it, yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> where you just have this time where you're just, um, you know, inside of head's really warm and you fall asleep. And that can even happen where, you know, if, you know, late at night you're in the room with your roommate and you're talking and then yeah, you drift off into sleep. But when you're walking with someone, there's never that fear of, oh no, I'm about to fall asleep right now. It's the idea that you have something to do, you're focusing on this walk that you're having but you're still having this quality time with that person. Yeah, so in the Old Testament, when we're told about Enoch and how he walked with God, it's kind of a, an interesting expression. You're like, okay, well, that's great. He walked into heaven. Like, we just treat that like, great. That's just an interesting phraseology, if that's a word. It is now. It is now. Um, but I think that's a really powerful metaphor that we can actually take principles from because as you were saying for most of us we have our devotions in our room by our bed which is great that's not necessarily a bad thing to do Jesus said pray in your closet Um, but one thing that I have found personally to be very helpful is to go and walk like literally walk in nature away from people away from civilization maybe that's looking up at the stars at night Or for me, one tradition that I have is on Sabbath and Sunday mornings when I have a bit more time than on the weekdays to go out on a prayer walk up to the water tower, which is on a hill overlooking the campus. And there you can see the sunrise. You can see the brilliant colors and the sun as it comes up. And you can hear the birds. You're just surrounded by trees. Mm. It's difficult to explain, but it's something special about that when you're just surrounded by the beauty of creation, when you can just talk to God Mm. and just tell him anything that you would say if you were in 
your room, but somehow it, there is something different about it. Mm. Yeah. I totally agree with you with the nature aspect, how it said, you know, that nature is God's second book. And personally in my life, I felt God speak most clear to me in nature, surrounded by his creation. And bringing that back to the analogy about walking that you mentioned, when in our Christian lives we walk with God in the morning, to, to follow the metaphor, and we spend that time with him where it's just us and him walking, struggling, you know, praying over this, ideas that we're struggling with or these thoughts that we're having, there's no fear of us falling asleep in our walk, you know. Mm. It's us. Uh We are walking. We are having motion. But then when we just fall in form with, oh, let's go downstairs for this morning worship. Let's go to prayer meeting because that's required or let's go to Vesters because I have to. A lot of the time that can be us sitting by our bed, kneeling down, still halfway under the covers. Sure, it's good. But what if just spending time corporately makes us fall asleep Hmm. it makes us lose track of where we're going yeah i like what you brought out lucas that we can extend the metaphor as walking representing spiritual vitality because you've got to be alive to walk Hmm. because if you don't ever walk then you'll eventually lose the ability to walk altogether mm-hmm. and if all you do is listen to other people's manna listen mm-hmm. to what other people have studied then it's like people walking for you mm-hmm. or pushing you around in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and not saying that's necessarily bad for example sometimes you do need someone to bring you somewhere mm-hmm. because you're not going to walk from San Francisco to New York, you're going to fly there and have the pilot take you. But you also need to have a, you need to have a balance of both manna from other people to gain insights from other people and your own personal discovery of that time with you and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that point because you're not going to be in heaven. You're never going to meet Jesus if you don't have your own personal relationship Mm -hmm. with him. And that's why when you were saying devotions and personal time with God is when a Christian is formed. And I really like that because the only way that you're going to have an own relationship with God is if you do it yourself. There was a book that I was reading this past break, and the author was talking about how there was a time in his life where he had a really bad accident with his legs, where he went to the hospital and the doctor was like, you may never walk again normally. And this was crushing for him because he had had this, you know, dream to be active all the time. You know, he was a very active person who loved going hiking, running, biking, all those things. And when he got home and he had all these bandages on his legs and he was sitting there in the wheelchair, his mom came into the kitchen with him, put little brakes on the wheelchair and stood on one side of the counter and said, all right, you're gonna walk today. And it was really hard for him to be able to stand up, of course, because, I mean, you have this accident and you mm-hmm. feel like your legs are, you know, how can I walk? Like, look what I am. I can't walk. But she encouraged him. And eventually he got up 
and he took a few steps, some of the most painful steps he said he's ever taken in his life. And he got to the chair his mom was at. And every day he took another step, another step. And he went on to win triathlons. He did a few Ironmans. Wow. And he ended up actually being the very first person to completely cross Antarctica by himself without any resupply. And That's I crazy. think that it's, oh, it's insane. You know, crazy. seeing that kind of a story, that kind of recovery. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think that totally applies to us. Mm. I know there are times where, you know, people will be giving worship to Hawks and, you know, give your heart to God and, you know, all these different things. And then I just think, but look at me, look at my legs. I can't walk. How am I supposed to go on with this? I can't be on a walk with God. Look at me. But then there's a still small voice saying, get up, take one step, go a little farther. I think with that mentality behind us, there is nothing that we can't do with the power of God. Wow, that story, Lucas, that's really powerful. And there's a quote I really like in Christ Object Lessons, page 333. It says, As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent. Whatever is to be done at his command may be accomplished in his strength. All his biddings are enablings. God never asks us to do anything that we can't do. Because by very nature of him asking us to do them, it is possible Mm -hmm. for us. And so like the man in the wheelchair, we may think, how am I supposed to have the vitality of a Christian? How am I supposed to talk to God? But you can let his strength be yours. You know, even the disciples, they spent three and a half years with Jesus and they asked him, uh, can you teach us how to pray? <laughs> yeah. And so building a relationship takes time. Mm. It's not going to be built overnight. It's not going to be suddenly, oh, God is my best friend and I can tell him everything. That's the point you eventually want to reach. But it's a process. And as you desire that, then God is going to help you. Mm. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, as we were talking earlier, what are some practical ways that can kind of, if there's any listeners out there who don't know where to start as far as devotion goes, what are some good ways that mm. you can give them advice on to get started? Yeah, so obviously because time with God, it's between you and God. It's it's going to need to be organic there's no formula it's not Mm. a recipe that you can you know put these ingredients together and you'll get a cake Mm. it doesn't work that way um so you'll have to try it and see um but if you want to start here are some principles that i have found in my experience that may be helpful one is you got to make it a priority Mm. and you've got to set aside time Mm. there will never be time for something unless you make time for it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you choose to prioritize that i believe that god will honor the sacrifice of time that you make and the theme of this episode um is early mornings with god and as we're talking earlier it's so important to have that early time with god because for me personally what i've noticed is it sets the whole mood for what my day is going to be like 
Um, I've had a lot of times, you know, when you don't spend time with God, you're more grumpy and you snap at people and you get more agitated. You know, as Paul said, he dies daily. And I think that's something that we all need to do is die daily to self. And it's important that we do it in the morning so that our whole day we are thinking about the things that we read that morning. We're thinking about what God showed us through the Bible or through prayer that morning. And to just have that constant meditation on what we learned and to apply that to our lives kind of changes your whole day in a really positive way. Yeah, I agree that the early morning is the best time. It's before you do anything else, before you get distracted by other things, before you're bothered by other people. But it doesn't have to be. One thing that Christian Freed told us one week of prayer is that, you know, if you miss that time, it's okay, just have it later. Mm -hmm. And that reflects on the idea that it's about a relationship, it's about a friendship. It doesn't need to be structured, it doesn't need to be scheduled. It doesn't need to be regimented that, oh, this is the thing for this and it can only be that. Mm. You can let it flow, you can let it be organic. And so while the morning is the best time, it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Something practical I know for myself that I've told people and done myself is if you don't know where to start, start at the cross. Mm. I know something that I've really enjoyed has been Ellen White's chapter in Desire of Ages on Calvary. Ooh, that's powerful and chapter. Yeah, when you read it in the Bible, I know one of my favorite Gospels is John, and it does a very good job on you know, building up to it in that whole kind of scenario. But then when you get it from the aspect that Ellen White writes it in, it's incredible to kind of see the true sacrifice and the true agony that Christ went through building up to it in that whole kind of scenario. So I think that is something that I would tell someone. If they don't know where to start, start at the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Because a lot of times, you know, if you miss your certain, like, devotion time in the morning, it's easy to, like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. But I also think that it's important, like, if you don't get it done in the morning, do it before you go to bed or do it at a point where you're free in the day. Yeah, Lucas, I really like what you said about going to the cross. And for me, when when I'm kind of at a discouraged point or when my spiritual vitality is down, I'll go back to something that has inspired me before. Mm-hmm. And so for some people that may be the cross, but it could be other things as well. And I'll also pray... God, let me see you and let me see the beauty of the cross. Mm. Because it's when we see that, that's the only thing that will inspire us to live the life of a Christian, if you will. Mm. Something that has also inspired me is the story of David Mm. and kind of his very real struggles, especially in the book of Psalms. You see the struggle he has with God and the idea of God being his protector and his salvation. And I think that's something that Tanner will talk on that'll be really great for this next segment is, was the sacrifice worth it? Going off of different Bible characters like David, like Jesus, and others who may inspire you. So we encourage you, listen to this next segment and pick out your character that you want to study tomorrow morning.
make it practical, and make it simple. Today's theme so far has been early mornings with God. And I want to start with this question, are early mornings worth it? But first I want to talk about a few other things. You're either a morning person or a night person, whether you like it or not. Maybe it's natural, or maybe it's an acquired taste, but whatever the case, what you do when you wake up is really, really important. One of the first questions you have to ask yourself when you wake up is, what am I doing? Why am I setting my alarm this morning? Is it to finish homework? Finish studying for a test? Or maybe it's because you want to do some social media before you leave for school. But whatever the case is, you have to ask yourself, why am I waking up? Devotions in the morning are not something that's super easy. You have to make that effort to wake up. Maybe you do have to do some homework. Maybe you do have to do something important, like studying for that test. And that's where the sacrifice comes in. Because maybe you would wake up one hour early to study for that test. But you know you have to fit devotions in there, so you decide to wake up an hour and a half early or two hours early so that you can have that 30 minutes to an hour to spend time with God. I want to start by looking at this verse in Psalms, and it's Psalms 59, verse 16. This is David speaking, and he says, But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Here we see David singing to God, praising his name in the morning for his mercies that he has shown to him. And I just recently came home from a mission trip, and we started an optional prayer time in the morning. And this was a time where we came together um, before the formal part of the day actually started, and we just spent time seeking God. It was about an hour before wake up, so it was a little bit of that sacrifice. Even though we were on a mission trip, it was hard to wake up that time before, but it was really, really worth it. And it was really great to be able to see my friends and my classmates coming together, seeking God's will in the morning. Just seeing that people were willing to take that extra time, that time to wake up. One of the things that was encouraging to me is even though we were waking up early in the morning and even though we were losing out on that one or two hours of sleep, God was able to sustain us and take us through the day even though we spent that time in the morning and while other people were able to sleep in, we had the same strength of them even though we decided that we were going to wake up and put that forth, that effort. So it's amazing just to see how God carries you through um, your day when you choose to put him first. I also want to take a look at Jesus' spiritual life and his devotional life in Mark 1 verse 35. And it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and here he prayed. We see that Jesus put forth that effort. He woke up. He went to seek his father's will before he even started his day. He wanted to make sure that no matter what he did, it was his father's will and not his own. It's easy for me especially to wake up and realize, oh yeah, I overslept today. My alarm didn't go off. I wanted those extra times of sleep. And just to kind of brush off devotions. And every single time I do that, I realize what I did was wrong. And I feel bad for the rest of the day. I wish I had had that time to spend with God. Because when you have that time, it makes the rest of the day seem very worth it. As Chantel was talking about before, when you have that time with God, even though the day may not seem great when you wake up, maybe it's a Monday after having a great weekend and you're not looking forward to going back to school. When you have that time with God and you spend that time with him, even though the devil may send you these different trials and temptations and things, you're able to overcome them and go through them with a much more positive spirit. And that's something that I've always found very, very encouraging. And it's one of the biggest motivators for me and why I wake up early for devotions.
Making this more personal, I want to talk a little bit about what I've been doing in my devotions recently, and that's been going through the book of Exodus. More specifically, I've been looking through the story of Moses and his call to ministry and taking the people of Israel out of Egypt. Moses had one of the most challenging jobs. It was not easy. He had all the excuses he offered to God, but what God told him was that he was going to get him through. He was going to send him a helper. He was going to send Aaron to be his mouthpiece. And he was going to work through Moses, even though it wasn't always going to be easy and Moses was going to experience different temptations. He promised to be with him and deliver the people. And that's been really, really encouraging to me because sometimes school is hard. Sometimes you're just having a bad day and you don't want to talk to anybody. But that's not how God acted. Even when he was busy, even when he had all the things in the world to do, he made that time for others. He chose to take time out of his busy schedule. He left heaven. What could be more big than that? Christ decided to leave his throne, give up all of his time, and come minister to us. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. We may sacrifice an hour or two of sleep every now and then, or every morning, but God offered his entire life. He made himself flesh. He came down here and died for us. And for us not to give him that time back, is one of the other biggest motivations for me because how selfish is that of me to not want to give a couple minuscule blips in a timeline when he was willing to cut his entire timeline off. He didn't know if he was going to see the Father again when he rose or if he would rise. He was willing to give that away so that we could have just a chance to be with God for the rest of eternity. And to me, that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard sacrifice, devotions, priorities. All these different things remind me of my screensaver on my phone. I keep it as a reminder and it says, will it be easy? No. Worth it? Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things I've realized, not only in devotions, but just in my walk with Christ in general. Will it be easy? No. You're going to experience different trials. You're going to experience temptations because when the devil knows that you're trying to get something better, when he knows that you're not satisfied with what this life has to offer, he attacks you with everything he's got. So will it be easy? No. Worth it? Absolutely. That answers the question that we started with at the beginning of this segment. It's not always easy, and it is that sacrifice, but as we've already looked at a couple of these Bible characters, it's totally worth it. So I just encourage you, tomorrow when you wake up, seek God, put him first. Maybe you do have all those very big, important things to do. Maybe it's a test. Maybe it's your homework. But just choose to put Christ first, and he will always carry you through. And there it is. Episode 2. Proven. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you have, we would encourage you, Share this with a friend, a family member, or anyone who could benefit. Hit subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram while you're at it. But until next time, God wants to spend time with you. He's just waiting for you to come and spend time with him.